I want you to open your Bible this morning to the book of Mark, the fifth chapter and the 24th verse. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. The, the title of the message today is From Desperation to Restoration. That's where some of us, so many of us need to do. We need to go from the place of de- desperation, I'm desperate, to the place of restoration. I have been restored. Not only is that true of us individually, it's true of our nation that we need to go from desperation. Lord, where are we headed? I mean, what about the morality that is no longer present? God, I I mean, these are desperate times. So how do we get from desperation to restoration as a nation and as individuals? Mark chapter 5, verse 24. You know, uh, one word about uh, our building. I was over there yesterday and walked through it. It is amazing how far they've come. Uh, we're certainly going to be on schedule getting in in July. And you realize we just got uh, March, April, May, and June, four months, and we'll be in that building. And it's just going to be a wonderful time. I'm thankful for this building. I'm thankful for it. It's been a great place for us for over five years. But I tell you, it's going to be awesome to have our place dedicated totally to the worship and the service of God. And you'd be excited about it. You're going to love it. It's, it's already uh, excites me every time I walk into it. In Mark chapter 5, we have a woman who was in, in a desperate condition and a desperate situation. Now, this desperate situation and desperate condition of this woman, it was bad, but it was also good. You say, well, Pastor, how could her desperate situation be bad? but also good. Well, it was bad in that she had been battling uh, a disease for 12 years. And after 12 years, it was worse instead of better. So now that was a bad, a desperate situation. 12 years and from bad to worse. But you know what? It was good because it drove her to Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, man, immediately in that desperate, humanly hopeless situation, it drove her to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it was bad, but it was good because it led her to Christ. But you know, that is true of many of us here today. You say, Brother Fred, when am I going to get out of this desperate situation? When am I going to get out of it? And hey, right now it's not good. It's bad. But you know, it can also be good. If in that desperate situation, it leads you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Him, you find the miracle and the restoration that you need. So oftentimes people would say to me, Pastor, I'm at the end of my rope. And I would surprise them when I would say, well, thank God, I'm glad. It's about time you got there so that you would go to Jesus and allow him to meet the need of your heart. You know, I'll tell you, it's not only true of individuals that it's a desperate situation. But as I studied this, and after I had already studied about 
the lady and her condition. God said to me as I was walking down the hall of our home, he said, you know, that's a picture of this nation. We're, we're in a desperate situation. I mean, desperate. I mean, morally, morally, economically, in every way, we are in a desperate. I mean, these are desperate times in our country. Now, that, that's bad, but, but it can be good if it drives us to Jesus, if it causes us to turn to God, causes us to look to him instead to ourselves. So, you know, desperation can lead to restoration if you absolutely turn to God. I want you to notice, first of all, the source of this woman's desperation. Look at verse 12 now uh, of Mark chapter 5. Verse 24, excuse me. All right, Jesus, Jairus had come to Jesus and said, Lord, come to my house. He was a ruler of the Jews, Jairus was. He said, Lord, come to my house. My daughter's dying. So the crowd heard that. So Jesus starts on his journey to the home of Jairus. And eventually he was going to raise his daughter from the dead. But on the way, this is what happened. In uh, verse 24, it says, So Jesus went with him, Jairus, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, look at this lady. She was desperate. A certain woman had a flow of, uh, had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. She was no better, but rather she was worse. Can you imagine how desperate she was? Man, there's got to be an answer. There's got to be a solution. I've done everything I know to do, and I'm out of money, and my insurance has been canceled, and I've got to have help. You know, um, but then here's a great statement. I want you to listen to this. In her desperation, it says in verse 27, don't miss this. Now, when she heard about Jesus, oh, man, she had been everywhere, tried everything, but she was worse. She was desperate. But then all of a sudden, there was a new picture here. She heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Listen to what it says. For she said, if only I may touch his garment, I will be made well. So she pressed through the crowd, and I can see her as she reached out and probably was on her knees and the, Jesus was moving. He, he was walking and there were people all around him. But, you know, I saw a picture painted of her and I don't know if this is what it was, but she was on her knees and she was reaching out and she had just touched, got a hold of the, the cloak and garment of Jesus. She got through the crowd to him and it says here, She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. So we see the source of her desperation. Twelve years, gone to every doctor she could go to and tried every medicine she could try. 
But she just got worse. And finally, she said, well, I'm out of money, and I, I, I don't really know what I'm going to do. She said, I'm desperate. You know, um, sometimes we get to that place. Perhaps some of you sitting here this morning. It's not a physical illness, but you in, you've got a desperate situation in your life. But that, that's, that's bad, but it can be good. You know, uh, sometimes God lets us get to the place of desperation. So we will no longer trust in the arm of the flesh. So we'll no longer trust in ourselves. You see, there's only so much that humans can do. She realized the limitations of human help. I know the doctors tried their best to help her, but they couldn't. And I think her friends encouraged her, but it didn't make her well. And so she was desperate. And so some of you today, I don't know what your source of desperation is. I really don't know. But God knows. And when he put this message on my heart, he knew you'd be here. And he wants to encourage you that what you're desperate about may be bad. But it could be good if you go to Jesus with it. And you go after Jesus with your whole heart. And you trust him with all of your being. You know, as I thought about this, the Lord said, you know, that's not only a picture of many individuals in the congregation, desperate, no human answer, but you know, that's a picture of our nation. You know, by the way, she had been fighting this for 12 years, but you know, in our generation, we've watched and I'm just going to talk about the morals of our nation. We, we've watched our nation commit moral suicide. I mean, just moral suicide. Whoever dreamed that we would be talking about uh, same-sex marriage and say, we've got to make it constitutionally right for a man to be married to a man and a woman to a woman. Who, whoever thought that we would say it was all right to kill the, uh, a baby in the womb and there have been 55 million abortions in this land whoever thought that we'd live in a day when, when people absolutely mock God I, I recently heard somebody just blaspheme God oh, uh, oh I was it was over the news you know I, I'm telling you we're in a desperate situation morally we are bankrupt and the wicked shall be turned into hell and the nations that forget God righteousness exalts a nation but, uh, but sin is a reproach to any people. So just as this woman was desperate, I, I'm telling you, there's a desperation in this land. And the problem is we're not desperate. As I thought about this, I said, well, God, break my heart over the condition of this nation. Would you break my heart over it? Would you cause me to weep over it? I said, God, I, I mean, what about our, the next generation coming up? What, what about our children and our grandchildren what about the world that we are leaving them with you see I'm telling you it was, she was desperate and it caused her to go to Jesus and man it needs to cause every one of us in this room who are children of God to be desperate enough to cry out to God about this land in which we live that that moral, re moral revolution will be turned around and that God would move in a mighty way. But let me, let me go to the next thing.
I see the source of her desperation. It's obvious to see. Twelve years, same disease, nobody could help her, but then everything changed. The Bible says that she heard about Jesus. This is the first step to restoration. She heard about Jesus. I wonder who told her. Or maybe she just, his fame was across, and, and, and I guess somebody said, you know, did you hear about Jesus? That, that was a lame man. <laughs> and Jesus healed him, and he picked up his bed and walked. And, and said, by the way, th- that was, that was uh, uh, many other people that the Son of God touched. There was a blind man who'd been blind from his birth. And, and, and Jesus made clay and put it on his eyes and told him to go wash. And he came back and he could see. Well, man, she said, boy, I've tried everything else. And I've been everywhere else. But I know one thing. I, I, I'm going to get to Jesus somehow. Somehow I'm going to get to him. And so what happened was. She heard about Jesus, and it just so happened that Jesus was in the location where she was. And, 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 and a ruler of the Jews, Jairus, came running to Jesus and said, Jesus, you've got to come quickly. My daughter is at the point of death. Well, so a crowd just got all around Jesus, just surrounded him. The Bible says here it thronged Jesus. They thronged him. And boy, this woman, she, you know, what I love is this. The Bible says that uh, uh, she came, that, that this, when she heard about Jesus, it, 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 you know, faith began to rise in her heart. You see, that's the way it always starts. She heard about Jesus. She heard the word of God. I'll use that as an illustration. She heard about Jesus. And the word of God, the truth about Jesus, caused her to have faith. And then guess what else happened? When she got faith, then she had hope. And you know, that's the way it is. In our desperation, we'll read the Word of God. Or somebody will speak the Word of God. Or we'll hear a message. And and it's the Word of God. And that message causes us to say, you know, faith. It may be the faith of a grain of mustard seed. It may just be tiny. But there's faith. You You know, it's not hopeless. And that faith produces hope. Hey, do you know what the Bible says about that? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as we see her first step toward restoration, she heard about Jesus, and when she heard about Jesus, there was faith. You know, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And so this faith caused hope to rise in her heart. And let me just tell you right now, friend, in your desperate desperate situation, you need to get into the Word of God, and you need to read the Word of God, and you need to ask God to to build faith in your heart. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You can listen to, to the opinions of men, but I'm telling you, you must get into God's Word. In a desperate situation, you have to get a word from God, and because God's Word is what produces faith in us. It's not emotion, it's faith. God's word produces faith in us. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. She heard about Jesus and faith 
rose in her heart. And faith gave her hope. Would you uh, get in the Word of God about your situation? You can just start reading in the Psalms. You can ask the Holy Spirit to lead you where to read. Because you need a word about their, your situation. Now you do. You need to hear from God. And would you, would you let that word produce faith in you? And then, instead of looking at it hopelessly, that faith will produce hope in your heart. It always does. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, I'll be honest with you. If I looked purely at the human today, I'd have no hope for this country. None. Zero. Zero. But you, but you know why I have hope that things can change? You know why? Because I look at Israel, the people of God. I look at the nation, God's chosen people. Man, they would rebel against God. They would worship idols. They would sacrifice their children to Moloch. And I mean, they, they committed every sin you can imagine, idolatrous, wicked, ungodly. But then they would repent. You just read the Old Testament. It's story after story after story where Israel went away from God and then they came to themselves and they repented and they turned back to God and God being the merciful God that he is, praise his holy name, had mercy on them and restored them. You know why I've got hope for this nation? Because the same God that forgave Israel, the same God that restored Israel when they repented and turned to him, it's the same God that we pray to. It's the same God that we cry out to. Listen, one man named Jonah went to Nineveh and preached, which was a desperately wicked city. And 200,000 people, the, the, including the ruler, put on, got themselves in, 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 in sackcloth and ashes. Let me tell you something. We have got to believe that God can change this country. We've got to believe that. If you don't, it's going to get worse. It's bad, but it can be good if it drives us to Jesus and causes us. You know, if everybody in this room, I mean, every person here, I don't care if you're eight years old or 80 years old. If you just every day would cry out to God, oh, God, would you would you cause a moral revolution of the right kind in this nation? Would you turn us back to biblical morality? Would you turn us back to you, God? Turn us back to you. Turn us back to you, Lord. Whatever you have to do to get our attention, Lord. Whatever you have to do to turn our nation back to you. Many people thought at 9-11, when the planes hit the towers and the Pentagon, everybody said, well, this is going to turn our nation back to God. And you know what it did for a while? The churches were full of people. They would have prayer meetings on, on, on courtroom steps. But it seems we had a short memory. And we went right back to the same old way. And it's gotten worse since then. You see, we've, we've, we've got to ask God, if we're going to go from desperation to separation, desperation to restoration, first of all, we, we, we've got to realize how desperate it is. But then we, we've got to say, but I heard about Jesus. And we've got to get in the Word of God. And if it's a personal situation or corporate we have got to let the Word of God produce faith in our heart. Then there was a second step to her restoration. She not only was desperate, but then the second step was this. Uh, her, her faith and her hope, you know what it did? 
It caused her to go to Jesus. I love to uh, imagine what it was like. Now, she, she, she had to be weak. She'd had this disease for 12 years. But, but she heard, and here was Jesus, and here was this big crowd around him. And she, this is what she said. If I just can get to him, and I don't even have to talk to him, he doesn't even have to know who I am. If I could just touch his garment, I will be made whole. I can see her now fighting her way through the crowd. They were, the, the Bible says they were thronging Jesus. They were thronging him, which means they were just uh, all around him. If you'd look down in, uh, 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 in verse uh, 30, immediately Jesus, when she touched him, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? So, I mean, it was obviously not an orderly crowd. They were all just around Jesus, pushing and shoving, wanting to go with Jesus and see what Jesus did to Jairus' daughter. But, you know, it says something about this lady. Look at verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. So it means that there were a lot of people between her and Jesus. A lot of people. She came behind him. And I can see her now pushing her way through and said, excuse me, I need to go. Well, who do you think you are? And she just absolutely did everything she could. I, I mean, she, she turned every way and twisted every way. And, and, and she would not let anything stop her from getting to Jesus. And man, when she got close to him, man, I reached, I think she just dove or whatever she needed to do and just grabbed a hold of his coat. You know, her determination in a desperate situation to go to Jesus and to not let anything stop her. You know, I'm going to tell you something. You know what the devil tries to get you to do? In your desperate situation, whatever it is, whether you're just grieving over the loss of a loved one, whether you're burdened for your marriage, whether you have uncertainty about your financial future, and yet you say, Brother Fred, it's desperate. Well, you know what the devil wants you? He wants you to give up. He, he, he wants you to be hopeless. He wants you, to let, the, he wants you to, uh, to let the crowd of your circumstances. That's what he loves to do. He wants the crowd of your circumstances to keep you from getting to Jesus. And he'll wise up and point out your circumstances and how long it's been and how hard it's been. And, and you know, you, you start reaching out to Jesus and all of a sudden there's the crowd of your circumstances and the crowd of, of years of no, seeing no success. And, and you just say, well, I'm going to give up. You don't say it, but you just do it. I want to tell you one thing. I want to thank God that she didn't give up. Because I'm going to tell you about desperate people. They will, if you're de- you will get to Jesus no matter what it takes. You will. Because there's nothing a human being can do to help you. There may be a person in whom Jesus lives that God could use as an instrument. But I'm telling you, it's still Jesus and it's not any human being. But, you know, a desperate people will not. Allow circumstances and other things to keep them from getting to Jesus. They won't. I, I love the story of Bartimaeus. 
And Jesus was coming out of Jericho and Bartimaeus was blind. And he heard that Jesus was in the crowd. And, and he just cried out. And listen, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was desperate, y'all. He was blind. And the people around him said, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Don't, don't be so loud. Don't disturb the service. Don't do it. And the Bible says he cried, he cried out all the more. You say, Brother Fred, why did he cry out more? Because, hey, he was desperate. He, was, he didn't know if Jesus would ever come by there again. He was desperate, y'all. And he, he wouldn't let anybody shut him up. You know, I remember many, many things all these years I've been preaching. But I remember when we were having a retreat over in Mississippi. That was a retreat where we bought all the Bluebell ice cream within 20 miles. I remember that. <laughs> they still talk about that, I'm telling you. Couldn't, we, the store, store sold out. But I remember Peter Lord was speaking. And he came to the end and people were having a ch chance to respond. And many people, men had responded. And he was closing it down and all of a sudden a man in the back stood up and said, Don't stop. Don't stop. And he ran to Jesus. I'm glad he, he was desperate. Boy, I'll tell you one thing about when you're desperate. You'll go to Jesus. You won't let anything stop you. Your circumstances, discouragement, you'll just keep pressing through the crowd until you get to Jesus. And by the way, that's exactly what we got to do about this country. Man, you listen to the news and it got worse. But what do you think about this woman? She went to this doctor and she said, no, it's no better. Twelve years, they said, sorry, it's, it's worse. It's worse. But let me tell you something. We cannot let the crowd of circumstances, we cannot look at the problems. We've got to look to the God who is the answer. Now listen, we've got to do that, y'all. I mean, it's overwhelming. But we, we've got to focus in on God. And we've got to go to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, we, we, we don't want this country to continue to go the direction morally that it's going. And we ask you, oh God, to have mercy on us. Now everybody in this room can do that. There's some things you can't do, but everybody else can do that. And I cannot imagine if all of God's people across this land would get desperate enough that every day they would cry out to God and say, oh God, have mercy on us. You had mercy on Israel. Have mercy on us, Lord, as we turn back to you. I'm telling you, we got, we got a desperate situation. But it can't be good if it causes us to turn to Jesus. You know, desperation ends up in restoration. Man, she got to Jesus. Look at verse 28 and 29. Says, she said, if only I may touch his clothes. I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Buddy, you talk about relief. Twelve years of discouraging words. Twelve years of difficult circumstances. But man, now, just like this, the Lord Jesus had touched her. There's a verse of Scripture I, it's, I, it's either Malachi chapter 3 or Micah chapter 3. It, it's one of those two. And you say, why don't you know? Because I didn't look it up. But it's one of the two, okay? You know what it says? Now I want you to listen to me very carefully. It says, and the Lord that you seek 
will suddenly appear in his temple as a refiner's fire. He said, you know, God that you're seeking will suddenly appear in his temple as a refiner's fire. And I'm telling you, God just as instantly as that woman was healed could move across this land and and what we could never do in a hundred years, almighty God can do in in just like that. But see, we got to believe God. She heard about Jesus, and she believed it, and she had hope. And we've got to do the same thing. And her des- desperation returned to rest- restoration. I, I want to show you something about this. Now, she touched Jesus, and Jesus, nobody knew who it was, nobody but her. But Jesus said, who touched me? I mean, I want to know. And the Bible says he looked around. All right. But his disciples said to him, look at verse 31. You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. So evidently he knew who it was, but he just wanted to identify. He looked around to see her who had done this thing. Now now get this. I love it. But with fear and trembling, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came fell down before him, and this is what I want you to listen to, and told him the whole truth. Now, why is that in there? In fear and trembling, she came to Jesus and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Well, can I tell you where I'm coming from? She said, for 12 years. I've been weak. I could hardly get out of bed. Nothing they could do for me. And for 12 years, it just got worse. And I'll be honest with you, Jesus. I felt hopeless. But I heard about you. And in my hopeless condition, I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to Jesus with this. And, and I know Jesus Christ can make a difference in this situation. And Jesus said to her, daughter, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, this is what God wants you to do. Now, I want you to listen to me. He wants you to tell him the whole story. He knows, but he wants you to just confess what I mean, uh, or share with him what's going on so you can look at it uh, through the eyes of faith. See, you've been looking at it through the eyes, uh, the human eyes. And and all the circumstances and all the things that say it can't happen, you've been looking at it, and and, and you've let that just keep you from just going on to Jesus. Now, you just need to tell him the whole story. Say, now, Lord, this is where I am, and this is what I've been thinking, and this is what I've been going through. And I tell you, Lord, I don't have any hope humanly, but, Lord, here here I am with you. Now, so, Lord, I want you to know that I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm looking to you. She told him the whole story. And it'll do you good to tell him the whole story. It'll bless you just to bear your heart to the Lord. Because he'll listen. And he cares. And he understands. Do you know that? Now, there are a lot of people you can't tell your whole story to. Don't you dare tell them your whole story, okay? Because they won't understand. 
And they may have so much hurt, they can't even, they'll try to care, but they, you know, they got so many eggs in their basket, they ain't got room for any more. But I'll tell you one thing. When you go to Jesus and tell him your whole story, he'll listen. And he'll understand. And he'll reach out to you. You know, when somebody's desperate, it's bad, but it can be good. If in the desperation, it causes you to get in the Word of God, it causes you to go to Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, it causes you to go to Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, yes, he's alive, and he has power, for, power in his resurrection. If your desperate situation will cause you to lock in on the Son of God and, and his word and let faith come in your heart, that desperation, that situation, which is bad, can be good. Now, I just want to say this about our country. You know, um, desperation We just need to tell the Lord the whole story. We say, Lord, you know, it was a gradual thing, Lord, when we turned our backs on you. It didn't happen overnight, God, when we turned from you, the holy God, from the moral foundations our nature was filled, the Puritans, the Mayfair Compact, the first schools were established to teach people to read so they could read the Bible. But, Lord, you know, I remember when uh, we took prayer out of schools. And you could no longer pray publicly. And even now they would frown on people praying silently because it makes, may offend somebody. Lord, I remember when we took a prayer out of school. Did you know when I went to school, you said, that was a long time ago. But let me just tell you, can I tell you? Back in 19, uh, I graduated in 56, so this had to be 1950. When I was in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, guess what? We had a class that somebody came and taught the Bible. Her name was Loretta Trumbull. I never will forget Miss Trumbull. She'd come in there, and with a sweet, sweet spirit, she'd just teach us the Bible. This was a public school, and she would teach us the Word of God. There wasn't any outcry, but you know... Oh no! Now we, so we just so we took prayer out of schools, and then and then Lord, we just decided that um, we're a product of evolution anyway, and we're just another animal, and so it doesn't really matter if you kill an animal when it's in the womb. You see the thinking that hey, we're just another animal, a higher form of life. See, that takes out this whole deal that we're created in the image of God and that life begins at conception. You see, it, it was a gradual thing. And then, you know, they said, well, listen, we, we don't want to force our religion on anybody else. So you don't, you don't need to have the manger scene in the public square. And you don't need to pray in a public gathering in Jesus' name. And so it, what, it didn't happen instantly. It was like over a period of, she, she, was, she had a battle for 12 years. But it's been longer than 12 years. But I want to tell you one thing. If you think she was desperate, I want to tell you we better get desperate. I'm just telling you now, you've got to pray. You've got to cry out to God and say, God, there's no human situation, solution. 
But I believe you're the God who granted mercy and forgiveness to Israel. And I believe you that God can have mercy on us. And somehow you can, there can be a moral revolution that returns us to our roots. And the church can become alive with the power of God. The church can be everything you want it to be. I'm just telling you, desperation is bad, but it can be good if it leads you to Jesus. And you don't let anything stop you until Jesus does what he wants to do.